On this episode of AV Week, we take a look at the sustainability of AV systems from manufacturing through deployment. Microsoft Teams is in trouble with the EU, and we look at corporate TV production. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters. This is AV Week, episode 628, recorded Friday, September 1st, 2023. The Economy of Green AV. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Before we get to our fantastic guest, and I am incredibly excited about today for all kinds of reasons, First and foremost, I'm going to say this a thousand times. If you're not watching the video of episode 628, pause the audio and go to YouTube and find it because what's sitting behind me is finally working and it's all Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Tulin's fault. Uh, thank you to Epson and for a freaking awesome video wall and Mitchell's idea of, hey, you should have something behind you. And then there you go. So thank you, Mitchell, who happens to be actually in the studio for me for the first time. Actually, this is once a year for him. So this is his one time a year. All right, now to our guest. First and foremost, Dr. Adeline Tatum from USC. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me on another podcast with you. Absolutely. An old friend, and I don't mean that because he has white hair, but I have known Mr. Tucker. Mr. Tucker, Mr. George Tucker, was on episode zero of AV Week. So that's how far back George goes. George now works for Corporate AV in Yonkers. Welcome, young man. Hey, great to be on. Yes, back when we had uh, steam-powered uh, internet. <laughs> That's an old, long joke, because George used to love, well, probably still loves to dress up as, as in steampunk. Um, and an unemployed young man that I found uh, on the 405 in California, is all, he's also a doctor, Dr. Josiah Way. Welcome, sir. Hey, Tim. Thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely. You, I say unemployed. We, know, we have known you for years of being with Adeline at USC. Uh, but by the time this posts, you will be fully ensconced where? Uh, I'm joining the wonderful staff there at the University of California, Los Angeles, as the executive director of Digital Spaces. So Good that night. Will start. I know. Go Bruin. I'm, becoming a, I'm, I'm being a suit. And a Bruin to boot. And a Bruin. I know. See, I'm already, a, I already, I swatched, swapped out my helmet behind. See? I see that. I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm, I, you know. But you're a graduate of USC. Are they going to like revoke your, your, your degree or something? You know, um, the, uh, I will say that uh, a lot, I got a lot of congratulations except from my old fraternity brothers. <laughs> I can see that. All right. Uh, first story up for this week. Uh, our friends over AV Network. Did a story about Prudential Financial. Uh, they have built a brand new video production studio in a separate building near its headquarters over in Newark. Not exactly close to Tucker, but close enough uh, to throw something at him. Uh, the studio has multiple shooting zones and can be used to produce a variety of content, including interviews, group discussions, and news programs. The studio was designed by Provost Studio, which took a comprehensive quote-unquote approach to increasing the overall production value of the video content. Uh, the new studios have been met with positive feedback from Prudential and is expected to help the company create more compelling and impactful content. A couple things and, and, and features on, on that studio. Uh, three different 
shooting, actually more than that, uh, multiple uh, shooting zones. They've got chroma key. They've got a planar video wall. Uh, they've got a, a freestanding uh, movable um, touchscreen slash whiteboard, all kinds of stuff. Um, this is going to allow Prudential to do a lot more content. Here's why this is important uh, in the context of this conversation. Prudential sells insurance, right? Insurance. It's not a production house. This is not, George used to work for a company called World Stage out of Secaucus, uh, uh, New Jersey. That was a production house, right? Um, you know, Mad Dog Studios in St. Louis. That's a production house. Prudential is not. They're a corporate client. They're a corporate customer. So, uh, um, Adeline, I'm going to start with you on this. As we look at this and we look at the various different types of, of AV users from higher education and UC, uh, USA, I almost said UCLA. I, w I was going to get death threats there. USC has a fantastic uh, digital experience um, that you guys have, have installed um, while Joe was there, right? Um, you've got production facilities. You've got a podcast studio. You have a video wall. You've got a gaming, uh, an e-gaming center. As the price of this stuff goes down and the complexity reduces, you know, are we going to see more and more education facilities, more and more corporate, kind of getting into the commercial version of content creation? Well, Tim, I hope so, because if anyone has the time to visit our digital creative lab, which of course was designed out of a flex space with the great visionary, my ex-boss, Joe Way, um, if you had the time to step into our space and see what we have here to offer, definitely more higher ed education institutions should take advantage of this. It's not like there isn't the funding out there. When with education, you gotta learn how to integrate new technology to make learning more flexible. Back to COVID, we had to just move into it immediately. It wasn't, oh, you have months to train someone. So, um, when someone wants to learn and integrate and adopt certain technology into learning, it can happen. And I hope that more higher ed take advantage of these podcast studios, esport, um, capture rooms, because it can make learning fun and innovative. And just a quick example, my nephew, he's in Texas. He is six years old and he's going to a STEM school and I just found this out and he's like Tia I am so excited to be at school my first week was amazing I'm learning a lot of stuff but you know what's best it's fun he's learning robotics like we need to learn to utilize technology and AV in such a way that people want to come to school okay so when I was six years old we were learning basic so with an abacus all right uh Joe, you, 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 you know, Adelaide mentioned the fact that you, you spearheaded this. If you were talking to an education facility, you're talking to a corporate client that says, you know what, I, I want to start this. This sounds fantastic to, to me. You know, we can do it in-house. How do they get started? Um, uh, prayer for no, um, <laughs> no, you know, uh, actually it, it, it's interesting because even I'm going to go off of what Adeline said and don't let her fool you because she is a person who trains everybody to be successful in the space like that. And that really is the key. You know, if you look at, you know, the article about putting these production studios in and how you said, this is a, you know, it's, 
prudential. It's, it's insurance, right? Yeah. Well, the fact is, we are now content consumers, right? Our 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 customers require us to look and act professional. It doesn't matter what vertical you're in, right? And if we're in higher education, it makes does it make sense to put a production studio? Sure. The next gem- demographic has grown up with you know these things. For those who are watching the video, you know, cell phones, yep. you know, in uh, in their hands, they understand, and that's how they communicate. Well, now we're just expected. That is that's why are you standing you know in front of a beautiful Epson wall, right? I mean, that's it's because that's the type of Thing that our customers are now expecting. So when you want to do it, I'd say really, you know, here's a long answer to a short question you asked: is what it what should someone do first? How do you plan this? Is one, do you have the people who can run it? Right. Yeah. You have to make sure that you're you have the quality staff, but also um, helping your people understand, you know, that your customers need that, that your customers are expecting it because it is your professional image. Right. The technology is actually the easy part that I mean, there's a ton of beautiful LED walls out there from a ton of manufacturers. The production equipment is there. You can go from hardware to a soft good and software to run these things. Right. That's actually the easy part. It's now making sure that. Hey, you're going to now have to have job listings that say, I need an AV tech. And you're going to start seeing that appear in places like Prudential and all other corporates because now your customers are expecting that. And that's what's going to set you ahead, yeah. right? It's going to, for those who can do that. All right. Mr. Tucker, you do work for an integrator in, in an events production company. So you look at this. I'm putting words in George's mouth. If I were you, I'd be looking at this. You have from the start. <laughs> In a long time, Tucker. Um, I'd be looking at this like, okay, sure, Prudential, we'll put the production studio in, even though that's what we used to do for you, right? So there's a little bit, for some for some integrators, right, there's a little bit of tension there because it was a revenue source, right? Doing production for Prudential, doing production for American Express, for Ford, for whoever, Anheuser-Busch here in St. Louis, right? Um, and then they, they suddenly wake up one day like, we want our own. Uh, okay. You know, so that tension is there, but but what can or what should a corporate client, what should a higher education client expect from the integrator who may or may not have that tension, but also obviously has that expertise? Well, I mean, first of all, this this comes in waves, right? It's sort of just like whether you have in-house labor or all freelance labor, especially in the live events market. Some years, we're all about keeping all of our staff on salary. We want them trained in-house. And then a couple of years later, it's like, "Mm, we need to spin off a percentage of that because of the way the market's going. And those people will be our freelancers. Hopefully, they'll stay with us, and that's great, and we'll still make money with everybody. The same with installs like this. There's a a push many years ago that in-house studios, broadcast network systems for like hospitals were the thing. And they still use them, but now they want more live events. They want more stuff that's in person. They want more multi-show, one-day or multi-day shows that involve really a crew setting up and breaking down and bringing that equipment in. Um, you know, so the tension is there, but we know how to, or if you're smart, we, we just flex with it. You know, you take a moment, sigh, that part's over. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, I'm going to bring up something we did almost in episode one. When you were a residential installer, if you were making your money off of hanging flat panels, your money's gone there. It doesn't happen anymore. This is all the way back in the early 2000s, right? This is the same kind of idea. Um, So we want, when we come in there, is to be able to say, look, we'll give you the best signal chain and flexibility we can possibly design with you, you know, knowing your needs, hearing what you want. And when you need us to be adjunct to that or add some other people because you're doing a bigger event, we're here. 
And when you have your parties and when you have your fundraisers and when you have your galas, we're here for that. And there's no replacing that. And there's good money in that. And being a small company like we are, we're a sort of mid, small to mid-size, you know, 20, maybe 30 people on staff, that kind of thing. Uh, we just flex in and out of it. And, and, and there's no real tension there other than, okay, we move on to the next idea. Yeah, I, I like the, the comparison to the hanging bangs because you're right. You know, one of the things is, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that was a good revenue source. And today it's not, right? Between Amazon, mm-hmm. um, Amazon installs and everything else. So, I mean, look, during the pandemic, our big money was doing remotes yeah. and was setting up a studio in our little warehouse where everybody was masked and that's what they did. And that was the primary source. Now we do it as a sort of add on for some live shows, but they've all built studios themselves, partly with our knowledge, partly with the stuff they learned from us. And that's fine because they'll come to us again for that. It's, it's sort of like the Macy Santa thing. You know, go to, go to A and, uh, a and Strauss or what I forget what it is in the... Um, and Middlecon on 34th Street, where he says, well, they don't have that Gibson's, fire truck here. Yeah, go to Gibson's. When we tell you how to do it, you're going to come back to us. You know, um, as I say, on top of that, um, you have to realize the, the, the ease and the price has now gotten to where it's easier for somebody to do it in-house, too. Yeah. I mean, if you look at back, you know, when, when we were kids, you know, if some, a band wanted to record an album, it meant actually going and renting out a studio for months at a time. It was expensive. It took work. Now, the average album gets done on a MacBook Pro in someone's garage or in their office, right? That's just, and that's the reality of how the world has changed. You can get a green screen and be able to have software that can make you look like you have a very professional production, right? So it makes sense to do that in-house. It makes sense now when you have uh, the next demographic and you can hire an intern who can create content and you know, and edit content on, on their laptop. Um, and you couldn't do that in the past, no. right? And it can be very high quality. Um, so if I were a corporate partner, I would absolutely put them in. You know, I would absolutely say, why not take one of our conference rooms and turn it into a studio, which is exactly what we did at USC. We took a group study room and turned it into a production studio. Um, and it was very easy to do. Alrighty, uh, there's a there's a line down there I could go about M7 Sony cameras from 30 years ago where we spent fifty thousand dollars a piece on them, but I won't uh, look them up on eBay. You could probably get them for a nickel now. Uh, next story from UC Today: The European Union has launched an antitrust probe into Microsoft's bundling of its Teams collaboration software with, of course, the Office uh, Productivity Suite. The probe was initiated after a complaint from Slack. So no, no conflict of interest there. A rival collaboration platform. Really quickly, if you didn't know, Slack is also owned by Salesforce. Uh, Microsoft has offered to make changes to its bundling practices, such as offering a version of Office without Teams and reducing the price of Office without Teams. However, the EU said that these concessions are not enough and it will continue the investigation. Uh, investigation is still in its early stages and it's not clear how long it will take, but it could certainly put a hamper into Microsoft's plans. Mr. Mr. Way, I'm going to start with you on this. We have talked about collaboration and Teams versus Zoom versus Google Meet. You know, God rest the soul of of Blue Jeans. We did that one last week. What will this probe do to Teams' continued dominance in this space? Nothing. It'll do absolutely nothing. Okay. It, 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 I mean, who's, who, I mean, first off, who's really surprised that Microsoft bundles a bunch of junk with everything they sell? Okay. That's how they've, that's what they made do. their, their, their fortunes, you know, since day one. Um, 
But, you know, it, will it have some impact? I mean, separating it out and, cost, and, and having it be cheaper? Sure. But the fact is, we live in a different world now. We live in a UC-connected world. We live, that's, we're sitting here on a web browser recording your show, right? That's what we're doing, and that's how we live. So the fact is, will, will it impact um, their, you know, their breadth and stretch? No, it won't. I mean, it, it, does Slack want you know, want you to, you know, want to pull this probe up? Of course. Why? Because you can video conference through Slack, right? I mean, why wouldn't they want you to do it? I mean, if it wasn't Slack doing it, it would be Zoom trying to do it, right? Um, Because that's just what companies do. But the fact is, um, it is, if you are a stand, a small business, mid-sized corporation, whatever, it is easier to bundle all of your applications together. That's why we all use them that way. Um, and unless you have a specific reason to be on a different platform, um, you're going to pay. I, I would be very surprised if it ended up impacting the bottom line. Yeah. You know, And when they say there's going to be a price difference, it's going to be like a nickel. <laughs> okay. I mean, let's be... <laughs> They're going to make you, you know, which may be why the EU said it wasn't (laughs) enough. So um, talk on on this one. If Microsoft is forced to unbundle teams from their office suite, what does that do to the landscape? Does that open it up for Zoom, Meet, any of the other 250, you know, video conferencing platforms? Well, I don't think the other platforms are really excluded at this point. I mean, you know me, I've always been an Mm anti-monopolist and I don't like when they forced me to use IE or when it's now, was it? Uh, Edge. 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 Would you like to use that? M- much say, much no, like I, a I know what I'm in the AV industry here. because, never mind. So, so, I mean, to that end, as Joe said, I don't think Teams, it's got such a foothold. What we want is an integrated ecosystem, whether that's a virtual software ecosystem or it's a hardware ecosystem. That's always what we want. Uh, we don't want to have to change things out. And I, I want to be able to use Slack with Teams. Maybe that's the idea is that I want some of the team functionality, but let me, I mean, Microsoft bought Yammer and it still shows up in, in a lot of Teams uh, suites. You go click and there's Yammer. It's <laughs> uh, you know, so I don't see that going very far. I don't see it's going to really shake things up other than someone will say, well, maybe I have a chance, but we're going to choose what we want to choose and what's ever most efficient for those needs. And that's where Microsoft has that advantage. Mm-hmm. It's business centric. They want it. I don't, I don't really, you know, I'm not going to offer someone anything else and go, well, there's this. We can add it. Nah, I'm happy. All right. I mean, I'm sorry. To that end, though, did you just know there was news this morning, I believe it was, that Facebook and Instagram are thinking about doing a paid ad-free platform to respond to EU's uh, issues with their advertising and the way the platform is uh, putting out stuff. Yeah. So is that the future? Am I going to pay a little bit more to be saying I want the bundle? Yes, opt-in. Well, and, and, and the other side of that is is X's uh, announcement, Elon Musk's announcement this week, that he's going to offer video and audio calling, right? So competing directly with WhatsApp. And, and you know, there, there, are, there are, like I said, there, there's... I, I use the 250 number because the report's about two years old, but there are there are legitimately 250 other video conferencing platforms, mm-hmm. right? Um, Adeline, Adeline, I want to bring you in on this. You know, there's a lot of education facilities, and you and Joe can disagree with me on this. There's a lot of education facilities that they will leverage and use Microsoft, especially on the higher ed side, right? K-12, their Google houses all day long because it's free, right? But higher eds, a lot of them are, are Microsoft houses, but they still use Zoom, right? 
Uh, and there's a functional, there's something in there that, well, Zoom is, is either easier for our professors, it's something that we used, it's what we learned on during the pandemic, but it's still in there. So does this unbundling, does this attack, attack but this, this probe by the EU do anything to the landscape of who's using what as far as VC? So for me, I think because USC is a Zoom campus, especially in Earth spaces that we manage, um, it really doesn't affect us. But there are many schools here at USC that do utilize team. And what we end up having to do is, thanks to D10, they have Zoom and team on their interface now. So it doesn't really affect our job here. But to what you're saying, I do think that it gives Zoom um, a better platform to be able to promote as what they were doing when COVID hit. A lot of people utilize Zoom because of its flexibility, was easier for professors to utilize, and was just simpler. I have the question actually, because I watched my kids' school go from Zoom to Teams because of the security issues. Now, granted, I wrote a whole article on this back in the day that said it's you, not Zoom, because you're not using the tools Zoom gave you to be safe. And now they lock it down before and you have to unlock everything, which I suppose would have been the better. Um, but do you think that, I mean, maybe in higher ed, it's a little different that I know low, like primary education, they are staying with teams, period, because they think it's safe and integrated and easy to use. You know, I'll, I want to, I'll jump in. Um, I don't know that people are sticking with teams because they think it's safer. I mean, if you look at the vertical itself, higher education, Zoom dominates it, right? It's actually probably the outlier of people who use teams, no, it's the exception, not, and I think the ones that use it, it do because it is free, not because it's more secure. Uh, because, you, like you said, you can lock it down the way we had, we had done it, uh, you know, at, at USC and, and other schools too. I mean, I'll, I talked to my colleagues across, you know, through HEPMA across the, is you, you're putting it behind an LMS anyway, right? You're having to go through your Blackboard or your Canvas or whatever to ac access it. You have a user authentication now. I mean, so when people were saying it was, it was not secure, um, it was because we all just jumped on it without having best practices done because we mm -hmm. were forced to, right? But it doesn't take hard. It's you know, it's one click to turn on the security settings on your thing, right? And now it's done. And I think what because we had to jump to it, we had issues. There were people who got scared, and rightfully so. I mean, if I were Microsoft at that time, and you heard heard about all the you know the you know Zoom whatever jumping into calls or whatever or, or Zoom bombing whatever it was called, you know. I, I would take advantage of that too and, and start. It doesn't mean that they weren't secure. I mean, they were st still having the same problems as well. Um, and, but I would have jumped on it if I were them. Um, and I think now that's just been solved because we've put it behind the quote unquote paywall of your institution, right? And Tuck, I, I'd be interested, not for this discussion, but, but for us to kind of look down because in, in the Midwest, at least Missouri and Illinois, you know, kind of where I am, they're Google houses because it's free. Right. And they consider it safe enough. And, you know, and, and Google has increased their security as well. But, you know, during the pandemic, that's that's what our kids were on with Google Meet. And they still use Google Classroom. Right. And they have Chromebooks starting in, mm -hmm. I heard the other day, fourth grade, um, which is just mind boggling. to me. So, yeah, it's something because I know upper lower, lower Hudson Valley, it's all teams. That's yeah. just all the school districts went with it because of 
you know, security and stuff. There was a zoom bombing, and then they heard, "Oh, the midpoint's not secure." Yeah. I'm like, "All right, well, that's <laughs> you're right there. it's not end to end." Okay, so what? All right, uh, last story. It 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 comes from me, and I I I hesitate doing any of these if I write them. So I'm just going to give you a synopsis. Right? Uh, had the chance to go on a little a little news junket to Just Add Power. Just Add Power has been a, a sponsor of Baby Nation in the past. Um, they're not currently, but they have been in the past. Uh, down around Tampa area. Brand new 30,000 foot uh, square foot uh, facility used to be a, a contact lens factory, which is fascinating. But but that facility houses their tech support, that houses their shipping, receiving, their training systems centers rather, uh, all their executives and stuff like that. And it wasn't really about that. It was about their continuous sustainability message. Uh, Ed Qualls, who is the the the, the owner of, of of Just Add Power. Midwestern boy, right? He came from Indiana, uh, Indiana, still a Colts fan, which I don't necessarily, I can't fault him for that because they're as bad as the Bears are right now. Um, but it's, so they're not, you know, they're not crunchy. Like I would like, you know, again, I'm a big dumb Midwesterner. I consider Joe crunchy, right? <laughs> Anybody from the West Coast, y'all are crunchy. Uh, my buddy Rich Fergosa, 100%, you know, very much. You know, not that we don't care about the environment, but the the stereotype is right. Midwesterners aren't so much concerned about the environment. These guys are right. They 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 make their products to where they're not obsolete. They update the firmware for you know products that were ten years old. Down to the freaking bathroom, and give me a second. Has nothing to do with three shells. Um, the 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 towels are not paper towels. They're physical like cloth towels and then they wash them right so this is a company that looks at sustainability in a really really serious manner they, they look at it when it comes to their uh, packaging and everything else like that george you and i've been around the block once or twice and i don't care if it's called green av sustainability AV, this has been around for a minute how important is that today in 2023 the sustainability issue to end users to clients to customers I know that's a hard one. Look, I know Middle Atlantic used to have uh, electric chargers in their place. I think before it was sold and the, the gentleman who started it moved up to uh, where he is, uh, way up uh, New York State here. Um, I think it comes down to there's a driven desire to do it. And is there, if it meets their economic and, and business needs, then it's a win-win. Uh, I know that there are some companies who desire it, but go, look, we have to go this way because it's just not going to work for us, however short-sighted that yeah. is. I love it because, yes... Especially in the live events industry, we are known for using gear till, well, till it's a shell of itself and we can't use it anymore. And then somebody yells because they didn't like it. But other than that, we're going to use it to the end of life. I've got lighting fixtures like these Lecos that are probably 35 years old. That's brilliant. You know what I mean? We, we're at least it's not winding up in a dump somewhere. Yeah. Um, but when I worked in like residential integration, the stuff we yanked out, and that is, was something that really bothered me all the time, is that it's only a couple of years old or it's only 10 years old and out it went and it just went in a trash can. And so having a company say, we want those boxes to be updatable. We want them to last an aeon. I mean, when I worked for Crestron, those boxes would last forever. There were systems that were put up, put in the 90s and probably some of the 80s that were still chugging in the mid 2000s. I mean, that was brilliant. They didn't do what some of the things needed, but man, oh man, just watching all that infrastructure come out and I think it's somewhere else. Uh, one of the states, I can't remember where, requires that if you're in like in one of those industrial park buildings, when you move out, your infrastructure wire must go with you. You must take it out. 
I get part of it. It's a fire code thing, and it's about keeping things clean and safe. But man, oh man, that's a lot of wasted copper, and not much of it gets put into the recycle bin. You know what I mean? So I think it's something we need to address, and I think it's something we need to really push. Leeds was a start. Maybe that becomes part of Leeds. We need to have that as how old is a gear? Is it under its life cycle? Let's find a way to give you money to keep it. <laughs> All right, Adeline, same question to you. How, how important is the sustainability and, and the greenness of both the product, the gear, and the sustainability of the, the, the stuff we're putting in? It, for me, it's very important. Um, being a SAVE certified agent, if I must say that right now, uh, here at USC, we were we had the privilege to get SAVE certified. Again, thanks to Joe Way. And we're always thinking about the earth and sustainability, as well as our president here at USC is very big on that. Next week, we actually open our assignment earth hub here at USC. We have a whole week of sustainability events going on. They just started a master's program in sustainability that will that started this semester. So it's important. We have to learn to save our earth. We want to live longer then we have to make sure we're doing the right things. Um, one of the things that I loved from the training, which was a light bulb went off in my head, was the fact that just by simply unplugging our chargers when we're not using it from the outlet, just simply on turning off our monitors when we're going home, simple things that we can do to save um, electricity, to save the earth, we need to start to integrate within our life. Um, style and build it and let it be a habit and teach others about it. Just educate awareness. I think it's just all about awareness. That's not happening. So let's start and get out there and we could start within our own household. We could start within the office, you know, just sharing within our circle. And of course, one per if I tell you, you tell someone else, it leads the chain. Absolutely. All right, Joe, not just from UCLA standpoint, but also from, from HETMA and the, and the folks you talk to. If this is, is important to them, how do we get this to, through to both the dealers as well as the manufacturers? Yeah. Um, you know, I want to say, well, first off, I think that um, I don't know that we have to get through. I think people are aware they have to do it, right? It's that the world has just changed. And you also, you know, you know, say you have to keep up with the Joneses. You also just can't be, you can't be the company that, that doesn't pay attention to no. it. Right. Um, and if I were to look and go, I just add power. I mean, look what they do. They do AV over IP solutions, right? If any company is going to think sustainability, well, the whole point of their, their hardware is to be able to limit, have to limit, be able to limit hardware, right? I mean, that's their business model. Yeah. And I think that that's wise. And so when you have, and if we look at California, you know, we have rolling blackouts that happen, right? Those little things that you have to do to eliminate. Um, to you know, eliminate your footprint of your your power consumption, and if you look at it at scale, if I were looking at Hetmeyer, you're looking at an, an institution. If I can just limit you know my power consumption in a classroom by even ten percent, which I know we can do a lot more compared to fifteen rack unit things that now can be brought down to two, but let's look at if you get rid of that now, put that across in scale, put that across you know you know hundreds of spaces, that becomes substantial, and that becomes very substantial to the bottom line of an institution, right? And now if I go to my bosses and I say, hey, by the way, I'm going to put this in and look at how I can save us, not just, you know, our consumption, that saves our bottom line. 
that helps me as a tech manager, right? I now have that, you know, that kudos that goes with it, allows me into that space and to be able to drive that. And one of the things that we're doing with Hetma and we're doing with, with you know, Save, like Sustainable and AV, is we're now putting a best practices that you need to show that you are using, you know, proper practices when you're manufacturing. Where are your chips coming from, right? Who, where are you, you know, those things that go down the line. Do you have something as, um, as a manufacturer where when this is done, you're not telling me to clip the power cable so no one else can use it anymore, right? Can we pass these things down? Are you helping with those and allowing me to think about the total life cycle of a product, not just, you know, the act, you know, the idea of what it does. And I think that we're becoming more globally minded in that way as, you know, as a society, right? And now I think tech managers have that ability to kind of push that. And um, it's good to see cust- uh, all companies doing, I think a lot of companies are coming in, they're making it their practice, but we want to know it. When I put an RFP out for a product, one of the things is, please tell me your sustainability practices. Are you following these things? And if they say no, that's the easiest way to now get dropped from that proof of concept. Oh, wow. Right, because I have to think that. All right. That's a good place to stop. Thank you all so much. Uh, Dr. Adeline Tatum, thank you, ma'am. Uh, how do people connect with you or USC? And that's not your part, Joe, anymore. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for our wonderful other guests on the show. You could connect with me at Tatum A at USC.edu or on LinkedIn, Adeline Tatum. Very good. Mr. Tucker, always good to see your young, young smiling face, sir. How can people connect with you? Uh, these days, professionally, I am on LinkedIn only. So there you can find me in the various chats and that stuff. Mm-hmm, very good. And Dr. Josiah Way, how can people connect with you or UCLA or HETMA? Yes, you can find me at TD Albright on, on the I <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, and, or actually, or, you know, at Josiah Way on all the socials. And, of course, uh, Hetma uh, underscore org on all of the socials. Um, do encourage you to go to hetma, hetma.org and obviously uh, see our sustainability, our Save a Second Life program, see how we partner for that. I love that you ended on that uh, on that. Um, topic because it is important. Um, so I encourage that. Also, uh, I am excited. You can always find me, uh, you know, ironically, Josiah Way at UCLA.edu. Huh? How about that? that? Full, full circle. Look at that. Full That's circle. Nice. All right. Um, uh, do not follow me on the Twitters at, um, because at this point, uh, this will post on Monday. Um, the Bears are still in first place uh, in the NFL season because we haven't started yet. Um, but uh, go by the website if you would, please. Avionation.tv. That's avionation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. I mentioned this is this is going to post on uh, on Monday, the 4th of September. Is that right? Yeah, 4th of September. Uh, I am heading to beautiful Denver, Colorado, the 7th through the 9th for CEDIA and CI Expo. Uh, a bunch of us will be there. Uh, Mr. Chris Netto uh, has a date with a pineapple pizza. I'm going to keep saying it until he eats it. Uh, but also some really great folks as well. So uh, we'll check that out. Uh, you can find that, all of our coverage of, of CEDIA at the website. All that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.